we've all heard that to communicate effectively, engage with people and to build your business, you need to be doing video. But if you're anything like me, I can always find an excuse to not produce one, even though part of what I do is I speak for a living. People in business, they can talk in person, but then they have to show up on this camera and it's a whole different ballgame. That is my guest this week, Suzanne Glover, a former actress with over 30 years of being in front of the camera and now behind it. She knows what it takes to make an impression, influence others and grow businesses using video. But be warned and be ready because with that experience comes a confident knowledge of what works. I am really polarizing because you're either going to like what I'm saying or you're not. And if you're not, then you probably shouldn't be doing video. If you are, then you're going to go, hey, yeah, I can learn something. Suzanne shares her three steps for building a video strategy, and we cover a lot of ground in our conversation. What you'll have at the end is not just a formula, but the confidence to get in front of that camera. All that after the break. This is REI Branded, the podcast all about building your real estate investing personal brand. My name is Paul Cockett, and my mission is to help you, the busy real estate investor, stand out from the crowd so that people can find you easily, want to work with you, and can't wait to refer you. Meaning that you can build a successful real estate investing business without feeling inauthentic, overwhelmed with marketing, or spending all day doing it. Because marketing is how you get their attention, but personal branding is why they choose you. But before we begin, if you're a real estate investor looking to build your business and stand out from the crowd, and you don't want to wait for all the knowledge, strategies, and how-tos to be slowly delivered to you via this podcast every week, then I invite you to apply for the REI Branded Audit. That's the process I've created that has already helped dozens of real estate investors to define and develop their personal brands and build their real estate investing businesses. This audit is a mind-focusing, eye-opening insight addressing key questions like, is your message clear and consistent? Do you stand out as being different? Are you on people's radars and inspiring them enough to reach out and want to know more? The application only takes a few minutes and the link is in the show notes. After you apply, if it seems like I can help, we'll set up an initial conversation to explain the audit in more detail and answer any questions you have. So if you're a real estate investor who's committed to building your personal brand and business this year, then I invite you to apply for the REI Branded Audit. Now, back to the show. Suzanne, thank you for joining us today. I'm going to be listening intently and making notes, I think, because I keep promising myself that I'm going to use video with my own marketing and branding. And then I've done it for a while, and then I stop and I start. And maybe that's a good point to start off. What is a good way for people to use video today? Okay, well, I'm going to click into my hypnotherapist person and ask you, what is stopping you? You go on and off, on and off, on and off. And then we'll answer that question. Excuses around time, busy with other things, and then video is an afterthought. So if you've got the answer as to how do I make video the forethought versus the afterthought, I'd love a strategy or a solution to that because that might help me. That's time is an excuse, but then you get down farther. In acting, we used to, always used to ask people, okay, so why, why, why? And we go down into, well, what's that? What's that? And we go down deeper. So if you ask, well, what's the excuse behind that? Well, it's really, it's not that I don't have time. It's that I really don't know how to do it. Oh, well, why don't you know how to do it? Okay, what's up with that? Well, you know, 
when I get on the thing, I look really bad. So you get down into these layers of excuses. So I'm going to say, no matter what the excuse, you're going to have to do this now. And here's why. Okay. So first off, there's an advantage to it. So let's look at the advantages of video. The world's gone virtual and we can hop on Zoom and talk to somebody else as though we're in person with them. I can see you right now and we're all our body language, everything about us. We have eye contact. We're talking to each other just as though we're in the room. And if you use video strategically, you can save a lot of time. Like you just said, time is a big deal, right? Okay, well, that's an excuse because really when you do video strategically, and I'm not talking about getting out there and flipping on your phone and doing a live for Facebook. Oh, hi, everyone. I'm building a tribe. No, don't (laughs) do that. Okay, (laughs) That's not using it strategically. I had a client that when she came to me, she had done five years of videos, 600 videos, and she wasn't making any money. And I said, okay, so we had our first meeting and I don't even know what I said. The next day she added a call to action to it and she made a sale. She said, oh, I realized I hadn't done a call to action. I go, hello. I mean, I don't, I'm not disrespectful, but it's like, it's so, so basic that you need a call to action. But because the public, they don't know the rules of marketing with video. They don't know the rules of showing up on camera. So they're just following the internet gurus out there saying, hey, just flip on your phone and talk. You don't have to have your hair combed and anything. And I'm here to say that's really not the right way to use video. Okay. The advantages of it are, yes, we can show up. The disadvantages of it are that people are not taking it seriously. They're not doing it the right way. And it's really, I feel like it's cannibalizing my industry. I feel very offended when I see people doing it wrong because they're not taking it seriously. And when I started this thing back in the 80s, I had to get training in mm-hmm. the industry as an actress. See, I was a model and I talked in person, spoke in person, I was fine. Then, in order to keep going with my career, I had to become a TV actress. Much like today, people in business, they can talk in person, but then they have to show up on this camera and it's a whole different ballgame. That's what happened to me. I was a marketer and my first commercial, I looked up, froze, and I couldn't talk. I mean, what's, what's up with that? I remember the director. He just sort of shook his head like, what did I hire? Because I was not a kid back in the 80s. And, you know, that was my first, okay, I got to do this. So that's what we have to do. We have to dig down deep, ignore the excuses that are coming up like camera anxiety, and dig down deep and say, okay, I'm going to do this. And that's what I did in that particular shoot. And I said, let's go. I don't know what I'm going to do, but let's go again. And they were happy the next time and the next time. And it went on to be an award-winning commercial. And that was sort of the start of 35 years of begging in front of this camera for work. And I noticed on your website, Paul, you said getting noticed. And that is What I wanted to talk about just briefly, if you don't mind, is getting noticed on this thing because there's a couple of things to it. One, you have to get noticed. So back in the day, and every time I go back, then I relate it to what's happening now. So 
don't check out on me when I keep going back into the history. Right. <laughs> I'm a dinosaur here, okay? <laughs> back in the 80s and 90s, they had VHS tapes. Remember, you know, those VHS yep. tapes. So the producers were not in the room when we were auditioning. They would watch the tapes afterwards. We had to get noticed. I would be up against hundreds of people for one job. So I had to get noticed. And what they would do, they would watch them on fast forward. Oh, 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 oh wait, 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 let's get her. And then if, if I got their attention, I had to keep it. Just like today, people are scrolling and they can click away. See, so I was up against that 30 plus years ago. So I had to figure out, all right, how to communicate to this thing. And I spent a lot of time doing it. I got a lot of help in the industry. And so when you're talking about doing video today, I suggest forget the excuses. Because one excuse is, oh, I got camera anxiety. If you say, oh, I don't have time, I'm too busy, oh, I don't know how to do it. Really, if you go down, like I was talking earlier, the layers, mm -hmm. way down is, I'm not one of those people on TV. I'm not good enough to do this. I don't like how I look. And it's very, very insecure. And that's hard to admit. But of all the years I've taught this, even when I taught for Screen Actors Guild, those seasoned actors, they had camera anxiety, but they never said camera anxiety. So listen, it comes out as bad acting. It comes out as, oh, hi, hi, but wait, there's more. Or they come out like, oh, man, you know, I'm just going to be just like this. And who wants to talk about, look how small I am in the frame right now. Right. How does that make you feel? Distant. Distant. And don't you feel more powerful than I am? Right. So it really is important about how you show up and how you communicate on this thing and get past the camera anxiety. So when you start learning the tricks of the trade, camera anxiety goes away. When you start learning how to use video strategically, the time thing, oh, well, it's saving, oh, it's saving me time now. I can put a video in front of my sales call and they're all warmed up. And now it's just a question and answer. Boom. They already get to know me because I've got good body language. I know how to communicate. And now it's saving me time. Make sense? Yep. And do you think there's an extra layer on top of that in today's world? Because you mentioned people are saying, oh, just turn on your phone, do this, do this. And there's a pressure I kind of sense that there's two pressures. One is the content has to be fantastic. And the second is my video has to go viral. Otherwise, there's no point. And I kind of sense, and I can remember I have conversations with certain people and they would say that, oh, well, it didn't go viral or I'm not got enough views or, and then they give up because of that. Okay. Two things about that. One, a lot of people don't know what to say on video for the mm -hmm. content. That is a very, very big problem. I have researched and, and asked people about that. And what's, what's your biggest problem? I don't know what to say because people can click away. Like I was talking about the people, the producers on Fast Forward, mm -hmm. you really have to catch their attention. And so you really have to be a marketer in order to do this. And a lot of people don't know how to market. A lot of people don't even know who they're talking to when I talk to people. And then the second thing, so... You have to know what to say. How do you do that? You have to know who you're talking to, first off, which a lot of people don't. 
seems pretty elementary, my dear Watson, but <laughs> a lot of people don't know who they're talking to. But when I did, for example, when I did a personal development program, I was doing podcasts. This was probably about a decade ago. And one of the terms I would never have used was personal development junkie. That was what the audience fed back to me. Oh, yeah, I'm a, oh, I'm a personal development junkie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, you were talking to me. So you got to know the language. So if you're going to say personal development junkie, that's what your audience is telling you. You start using it and you start seeing their response. And if they start responding, now you've got the magic because that already is going on their filters inside. So content can be tricky. And I know now you're probably thinking, okay, I can't do this because now I really have another excuse to not do video. (laughs) (laughs) I did hear some good advice once on on content was, what are the 10 questions that everybody always asks you? And just do a video with each one of those questions. And that's what I was just going to say. Thank you for saying that because I built my program based on the problems. And I just, all I did was I asked and I asked and I asked. What's your problem? What's your problem? What's your problem? What's your language? And then I integrate it. And how I do this in my particular program, lots of people will say, oh, go to Amazon and look at the reviews to get the language for the best-selling books in your niche. That's old. I I learned that in copywriting 20 years ago. A lot of people teach that. When I teach that in my course, I take it another step further so that, okay, now you've got the words. Now let's integrate it in a certain way. And so now you're really thinking about your person. So then it becomes easier. So then you take something, you integrate it, and then you become your listener. And then it's easy. You take their questions, you answer them, piece of cake. And that is the easiest way to do it. But viral, okay, so the second thing you said was viral. You know, that's, sorry, it's going to be ego and insecurity (laughs) because we're listening to backwards advice. And I'm probably making some enemies right now, but on the internet, there's a lot of backwards advice. Right. And if you don't have something going viral or if you don't make a million dollars, it's like, okay, I'm not successful. But you know, Paul, you probably have an offline business for years. It seemed like you had an offline speaking business, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. When you're in business, let me ask you, what does it take to be successful in an offline business? Relationships. Mm-hmm. And um, how long? Oh, how long are the relationships? No, or how, how long does long it take, is- take to build? Yeah. It takes time. Yeah. It's- and patience. Yeah, true. So now the whole world's getting online. And the patience and the tolerance and everything that's you're your compassionate to yourself, that's all gone. You get online and everyone says, oh, I got to go viral and I got to do the video thing. And I say to this, don't listen to most online advice. And here's why. I'll tell you a story. When I have a diagnostic call with somebody, I'll usually find out that they're listening to advice just like this. Example, person I talked to, Terry, well, call her Terry. So I talked to Terry on the phone and she was taking an online course that was teaching her how to write a sales page. So I said, okay. She was very frustrated. I said, okay, so what are you selling? I don't know. (laughs) Okay. You don't know what you're selling, but you're writing a sales page. She said, yeah. So we talked. and, and, And so bringing that common sense to the online world, she said, oh, of course. Cause I said to her, I said, in the, in the supplement space, 
when I did the nutraceutical, I got my product. I studied and researched each, every ingredient, found out the benefits for it. And then I wrote my advertorial saying, okay, here's a benefit. Here's a benefit. And I wrote everything based on all sorts of research, dissecting my, my product, finding out everything about it. How can you write a sales page when you don't know what you're selling? She came off of that and was totally productive again because she had been brought down or brought back to that grounded offline business sense. And so that's what we need to think about when we're doing video is to not get caught up in the online hype around it. Just here's the rules. Here's the rules. Look good. Don't just be a dark face on the bottom of your screen. Take it seriously. Get a professional background, something. So people will take you seriously because remember Dress for Success back in the Mm -hmm. 80s, that book, that guy had all those psychological cues from a dark blue suit and a red tie. And that's still true today. People really do. When you're talking about branding, I always wear my little blue jacket and my abstract art behind me. Oh, you got that abstract picture behind you. Yeah. Yeah. Because I can't have blue shoes on the (laughs) video like you do. So it really matters how you show up and just don't listen to online advice about how to market it in general, because viral is not necessarily good. If you do it strategically, you can do a customer journey. So you use a video to introduce them to you, to warm them up, to attract them, to enroll them and deliver. You just use a series of videos and you have a dozen or two videos and you're making money versus having one that you get disappointed that it didn't go viral. And when you talk about strategy, video strategy, what sort of things are you talking about? How does that translate? So three steps for building a video strategy. First off, you want to know why you're doing it. Before we get into the three steps, why are you doing a video strategy? Because I always ask, I always say why. And I noticed that on your website, you wanted to know why you couldn't walk on the lawn. And I thought, everybody wants to know why. So why? You need to do video and you need to be strategic because it saves you time and it saves you money and it actually boosts you faster. So if you're more strategic about it, you're going to save time, not waste time. You're going to save your disappointments because you're not worried about something going viral. All right. So it really is more efficient and effective. Now, first step on that is to build a foundation of how you show up on camera. What does that mean? Talking on camera. How you smile on camera matters, can be too big, too small, no smile at all. Your body language can either be closed up or it can be big. And how we present our body language is unconsciously recognizable by the people who see us. Mm. And I used to teach the model stance to my people in my studio. And it opened up the way it opened up the chest and the body. I knew what the psychological, I did it for psychological reasons. So I'd always ask the girl, so how do you feel? I feel really confident. I feel really powerful. Well, you look that way. Why? It was because their body language not only spoke to them internally, but it spoke to me externally. And that's really important on video. Really important how you, your body language. Okay. And this is like, oh yeah, yeah. I'll show up on camera. I know that. But you know what? It's where are you speaking from? Are you speaking from your head? You're speaking from your heart. And I don't mean your diaphragm. I mean where your mind is. And so those are things to think about. So that's one foundation. But then the next part of that foundation is what are you going to say? 
How are you going to find the language? And how are you going to put it into a sales presentation that is succinct and gets them to stay with you? And then the last part of that is how are you going to deliver it? Are you going to be persuasive? Or are you just going to be, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, you know, if you want to do this, are you going to be able to use your language or use your voice? Your tone of voice matters. Who you're talking to, not just talk to a friend, because that might not be the right voice for you, but who are you talking to? And this is all acting. And no, you don't have to learn acting. But these are all skills that I deliver to my clients because these are foundational and what they need to show up brand themselves, be credible, because most people are credible offline, but they don't translate it to online. I was just about to ask that because you talked about offline and to online. And I'm guessing that a lot of issues for people or challenges is they assume you do exactly the same thing, but it's a very different medium than meeting somebody face to face. It's a whole different medium and there are rules to it. So I did sign up for some software online with a guy, an owner. I talked to him on the phone, friendly guy, signed up. He did an onboarding on-camera webinar. He was so offensive because he didn't know the medium. Mm. I canceled. What What do you mean by offensive? He was making mouth noises. He looked very angry because he didn't know what to do with his face. He was positioned in the dark down. You know, he didn't know how to frame himself. He had a very unprofessional background. It was bad. Well, bad enough for you to cancel the product. It was bad. Yeah, it was bad enough for me to cancel the product because he lost me. So that's what people don't get. See, this this medium is a medium that it took the industry 50 years to perfect. I mean, it's evolved VHS to HD, you know, film, whatever. Now the public is in on it. And you guys are starting out from square one, but you're kind of going all over the place, not knowing how to. And so it's not your fault. It's like you're in a medium that you don't know how to handle and you're struggling with it. But you got the public. All of a sudden, you have to be on camera overnight. You have to be a TV spokesperson. You have to be a camera grip, a camera operator, a techie. You have to be the writer, director, producer. You have to be everything all at once. How are you going to do that Hmm. without some sort of training? And everyone's assuming that they can do it themselves because they have a camera in their pocket. That's a good point. And for the last couple of years with the pandemic, what have you noticed? Has it just got worse because of Zoom, as an example? Because now we all had to adapt to being on TV overnight. It's gotten worse. Yeah, because a lot of people, the virtual backgrounds are really bad. People heads will be disappearing and subconsciously see it. So I'm a hypnotherapist and subconsciously that just tells me I can't trust that person. And in fact, I had a guy, I was having a conversation with him and he kept looking over his shoulder and kept looking over, he had a virtual background, he kept looking over his shoulder. I'm going, what are you doing? He goes, oh, I'm in my garage and they're delivering something. And that happened, I don't know, twice. And I'm thinking, okay, you lost me, buddy. First off, I don't know what's behind you. And now that he's told me that he's in his garage, I'm thinking, uh huh. Okay. Or, okay, now people are going to go, wow, this person is really polarizing. I am really polarizing because you're either going to like what I'm saying or you're not. And if you're not, then you probably shouldn't be doing video. If you are, then you're going to go, hey, yeah, I can learn something. So if you are wanting to use a green screen or a background, Make sure that you're doing it right. Get some professional help. Uh, I had a guy that he had a podcast and I said, 
it's really hard for me to tell. That looks like it's not real because it was like a New York penthouse behind him, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I said, but it looks really good. He goes, I had professional help come in. Yeah. And they helped me set that up. And I, and I didn't tell him. I said, well, good job. But what I didn't say was, okay, if you're going to have a penthouse in the background, you shouldn't be wearing rags. And, you know, you can ruin it with your background. <laughs> and that's a good point about brand being consistent in all aspects so that you're underlining or you're otherwise with your experiences you turn people off and they cancel or you've lost them so i want to get back to the three steps you want to have Mm -hmm. a first strategy the first step is building the foundation so when you're doing a marketing strategy you want to build that foundation of how do i show up and what's my brand on video how am i smiling how am i showing up how am i communicating am i being able to keep people and people engaged Okay, that's the foundation stuff. Then the next part is diagnosing where you are. So you might say, well, what do you mean? Isn't that the same as building the foundation? No, it means how are you using video? It means are you doing videos that are trying to go viral? Are you trying to do 600 videos? Are you using it strategically? Who are you talking to? Are you really using the right language? And what's the best vehicle, meaning, and I don't mean funnel, but what's the best vehicle to serve your videos on autopilot? What's the best vehicle to serve your videos on autopilot? Okay. Now, some people would say, oh, well, I have a funnel. Okay, yes, yes, yes. Maybe you have a webinar funnel or maybe you have a call funnel. But I'm talking about a system where, okay, you have a webinar funnel. Do you also have a traffic component going to it? Do you also have an affiliate component going to it? Do you have a membership, like a course? What's your system? And so I usually like to give people a menu of about five things, a call, a webinar. I don't like to do challenges, but people will do challenges. So you want to decide what vehicle you're going to use video for so that you can walk your prospect through the customer journey sequentially. So by the time you're talking to them, they've either seen you several times and they know you or you're so polarizing, they don't want anything to do with you. (laughs) (laughs) And then the third thing is then you want to implement it and build it. And so then once you decide, okay, I'm going to build a system around a webinar and these are the components to it, then you want to decide how am I going to do it? Am I going to help? Am I going to do this myself? What does that look like? And just for the audience, a real estate investor is selling something intangible, but you can still set all that system up. It doesn't matter whether it's a product, a service, or an intangible, like trying to raise money or capital as an example. Absolutely. And you know, most people don't talk about intangible sales. That's all I ever sold was hmm. intangible sales. So how do you sell intangible through video? Okay. So you're, you're probably a Zoom influencer, meaning I have these influencer types of titles. You have a Zoom influencer where you're taking calls. So if you want to use video strategically, you want to have some videos in front of your phone call, as I mentioned earlier. And I'll give you an example. I talked to a guy. He actually reached out to me. I think his name was Michael, David. I don't know. We'll call him David. David reached out to me on LinkedIn, and he was a sustainability person for corporations. So he reached out to me, and he said, hey, I'd like to have a chat see if I can help you. I said, sure, whatever. He wasted both our time because he didn't have a video in front of it saying, this is how you qualify. 
Mm-hmm. I didn't qualify because I don't have, I'm not like a big 500 employee place that needs right. to be able to say, okay, my garbage is going to go in those slots. So I was not a qualified, I was not a qualified person for him. However, he was really into branding, really into branding. He wouldn't even show up on his own website. He had actors. Yet he showed up on Zoom in the dark at the bottom with glasses. And I felt like I was being stalked by a moon. moon (laughs) So when you're talking about people who are selling intangibles, really important how you show up, how you communicate. Are you selling the dream? Yeah. That's all I sold. I never had cancels because I did sell a dream in my intangibles, but then I did ground them in this is what it's like. And it really takes trust to sell an intangible. You probably know that. So to build that trust on video, you really need to be taking video seriously and doing it well and, and not doing a million things where you look bad, but just have the person If you're on the phone and you're selling an intangible, have some videos in front of it that are warming them up and have some different components to that system, meaning maybe you have an affiliate component, maybe you have a traffic component, maybe you have some other component that's driving traffic, but wherever that is in front of that video, that's like your barrier before you so that by the time it gets to you, and I actually have a system where if they don't qualify, through that video, then it goes into a survey. If they don't qualify through the survey, they get bumped out and they don't even talk to me. They and have an exit in that system. That's why I call it a system. That's why I wanted to, for the people listening, to, to emphasize your point is it's not just warming people up. It is also pre-qualifying or rejecting before you're using your valuable time really? to actually get into the, the detail of the screening or whatever you're going to do with them. Absolutely. So if they don't qualify, they don't even get on to the calendar in my system. Right. You mentioned earlier, and I have to ask, challenges. You don't like challenges. Why? What, what is it about challenges? that? I personally don't like them only because the free ones, attend, they tend to attract free kind of people who are just wanting content. Anytime I do a video, even right now, I have an objective for this. This is to help you and your audience get to know me, help them get to understand video. So I'm serving right now by saying, this is how you should use video. And my call to action will be, hey, just get to know me. That's it. So every video you do, you should have a call to action for. And challenges tend to, they tend to be a lot of work for a lot of free people that I just rather not spend that much time. I'd rather have my videos warming up people and qualifying people for me to talk to or for them to just buy a lower end, higher ticket program. But I'd rather have them just do that than go through a challenge and spend my time on that. And what about the occasion where you come across, you're out and about, there's a great kind of learning point that you want to make right there and then, and you're grabbing the phone to do a video. And I I feel there is opportunity to do that and use it. What are the tips around sticking that phone in front of your face and and sharing that lesson? Okay. Do you know what a selfie stick is? Mm -hmm. First, get a selfie stick with a stabilizer. That's the first thing. And here's why, because what happens when your focal point, when you have a camera too close to you, your nose gets big. So first off, 
get a selfie stick that has a stabilizer on it. Because in real estate, now this is something different. In real estate, a lot of people are doing the virtual tours and they're being the Vanna White thing, you know? Mm -hmm. And so you really need to have the right equipment that's going to have a mobile light set as well as a selfie stick with a stabilizer on it. And the type of, there's a type of microphone that won't pick up wind noise or movement as much. And I don't know offhand what the name of it is, but you really need to have the right equipment when you're going to be doing that type of thing. So if you, if that's something that you want to do, do it. Absolutely. Just have the right equipment to do it. And investors do this as well. Sometimes you'll see an investor share a, a rundown property that they've just bought and they're walking people through the before tour. And then obviously later they're going to do an after tour. But again, that having good lighting and sound highlights even more why you should have, if it's looking terrible, you really want no, to. No, no, no. You know what I say? I would, uh, uh, the, 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 uh, the director in me is coming out right now. <laughs> right. I would probably even do the before in black and white with bad lighting. <laughs> ah, okay. I like that. That's a good tip. See, I'm a director. I, I produce films. So I'm okay. thinking, okay, before, really bad, black and white, you know, like Bump, kind of bumpy, slightly scary. <laughs> slightly, yeah. New, uh, New Stephen King ish. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's that movie, Wizard of Oz? You know, when she's in Kansas, it's black and white, and then she gets to the uh, Wizard of the Land of the Fairies, and it's, um, or the Land of the Elves, or whoever is there. This color, it's in color. Right. It's the happy place. Okay. She's in the happy the... place and it's in color. Well, I think, I think you've just given everybody listening, every real estate investor, a golden tip there. I think that's brilliant. Uh, great idea. And don't Wonderful. use a stabilizer on the black and white. <laughs> that's what I'm thinking. That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> make it as shaky as possible. No, not quite. But... <laughs> People might be going, oh, that's kind of corny. Well, try it. it you know, play around with it. But then make yourself look really good. You know, this is what I love. When people bring me a problem, I love to strategize and bring out all those different, okay, the salesperson, the marketer, the director, the actress, they all come out in different ways when you ask these kind of questions. So I, I could go on that all day long. <laughs> and what, what about scripting? How scripted should it be? And what about, because of course, there's fantastic technology now that you can have the, the auto What's it called? Teleprompter. What about those kind of tools and, and the strategy around scripting? Yeah, you need a script. In my opinion, you need a script when you're doing a sale. So it okay. depends what you're doing. If you're doing a script for just something that you're just doing quickly, you don't need that, obviously. But if you're a marketer, think about it this way, Paul. If you're a marketer and you're doing ads, you want to split test two ads and you want to change one thing right? Maybe the headline, mm -hmm. but they want to be identical. So you want to think of a video the same way, where if you're going to split test a webinar or a sales presentation, now I'm talking sales right now. Right. If you want to split test a sales presentation, A or B, it's got to be absolutely the same, except for maybe one or two things, one thing, one thing, one thing. Now I know that's a lot of work to redo your video if you're going to do, but if you're doing a script, it's actually easier. So if you're reading something, you have to be able to take a glance and shoot it into the camera. But yes, I think you need to have a script if you're doing a sales video. You're not, 
certainly do an outline at least. And then if you just want to do something impromptu, of course, I'm going to do a script. But how you deliver it, you really want to be careful about those teleprompters because I find people using them and their eyes are off the camera just enough to be like, ooh, um, no, don't do that. Right. Or you're watching them and their eyes are going back and forth as they're yeah. reading, yeah, and every, reading every word. Yeah. yeah. And then they're reading and there's no personality. When we talk, there's a lot of space. But when we read, there's no space. So there's tips. There's just things like that. You want to learn. It's kind of an interesting thing. And it's taken me long, long years to figure this out. Now, of course, when I teach it, it's fast. But people have to learn how to deliver a script naturally with un... What do you call it? Means that you wouldn't think about. You know, if you analyze how you're talking in person and then you analyze how you're reading it, you could see it, but that takes a long time. Hmm. But one thing is we have a lot of space when we're talking. Yeah, you're right. It's interesting. I, I never really realized that until I started to edit my podcasts. And you look at the transcript of the podcast, you think, there's a lot of space. It's one of the, the particular software I use can condense that. And I did it once by mistake. And then I listened to the audio and it sounded terrible because it just... There was no space to breathe. And I guess that's what you're saying. And when you're, thank you for saying that, because when you're delivering, particularly on camera, you have to have space for them to absorb it. And it's almost like whenever I speak, and you're a speaker, you probably know this. I always want to do these outlines, these visual audio outlines. So, okay, so section one is this, so section two. And then when I go on to section three, all right, now we go back. Section one is this. Section two is this. Now we're going to do section three. So you you really want to make it very visual in their heads when you're talking and have a lot of space when you're delivering. And that goes with your pace and your tone. And a lot of people get real, what do you call it, analytical in this part. But there are so many ways that you can just make it natural quickly without analyzing it. Like it depends who you're talking to. Some people you talk too faster. Some people you talk too slower. What situation are you in? Are you in a situation right right now? I'm talking a little bit faster. I don't always talk this fast. But I pick it up a little bit more for video because if I'm talking too slowly, wow, are you going to click away? Away. (laughs) That was really hard to do. (laughs) And is there a, an optimal video length? I, I know platforms like YouTube, they either want shorts, this less than a minute now, or they want it beyond 10 minutes because then YouTube themselves can make more money. But are there optimal lengths of video? You know, that's a big question. And there's a big answer to that. So I'll shorten it. It depends on your objective for the video. So if it is on YouTube and you just want to catch attention and it's a segue to maybe that's at the beginning of your customer journey and it's your introductory part where they're discovering you, all you want to do is catch their attention and move them on to something else, then yeah, that would be short. But if you're down the, I don't want to say funnel, but if you are down the funnel farther, if you're down the customer journey, down the system farther, the more they have watched, I would make them longer. And if I have a call or a video before my call, I don't make it too short. I make it longer because that 
is also a qualification thing where if they're not going to listen to a 10 or 15 minute video, then why am I going to spend 10 or 15 or 20 minutes or 30 minutes of my time with them? Hmm. So I use it as a qualification. Now, you know, TED Talks are 18 minutes. And, and the funny thing is, is that the other side of that, I, I don't know if you know Jeff Walker, the product launch principal, but I mean, I think he's three or four videos, all of them over an hour long. But I, I think there's a lot of filler in those types of programs. Personally, for me, it frustrates me. It, I wait for the replay so I can fast forward, but because otherwise it's a lot of time. An hour is, you know, asking someone to watch and consume video, like if you're trying to educate them on something for an hour, really, that's too hard. We don't remember anything. You really have to do one point per video. And I usually can get a point, like my course is uh, my program. I have videos in it. They're typically about five minutes. Just one point, five, and that was feedback from my test group. My first video when I did the test group was twenty minutes. And they go, oh, ah, no, <laughs> don't do that. You lost me." I go, "Okay." So I broke everything down, almost a hundred videos, and they're all like, "Well, a couple of them were ten minutes or fifteen, but most of them were five minutes, <laughs> really." And that seems to be like, "Okay, I can." And here's the trick: when I did that, the feedback was. You know what? I, it was a bite or a chunk, and I, I consumed it. Oh, and then I was like, "Oh, I, I did it! I can go on to the next one." And it, oh, I did it! I can go on to the next one. Oh, I did it! It was like building confidence and watching videos. That sounds kind of strange, but that's what it did. You know what you mean? Yeah, I'm, I'm sure if you look at the stats of online programs, the percentage of completion is probably incredibly low. It's really but, bad. Yeah, but but again, that's probably back to a lot of it is poor video or badly constructed video. And you know, that's another reason for scripting because as a stage speaker, what I have found stage speakers do, they ramble typically, Mm -hmm. not always, but they kind of ramble and you really need to get on point in video or else people are gone. So having a script, you just cut it to all the pieces and get down to the very essence of it. And then you can keep their attention. That's not hard to do a two to three to five minute video on one little something and make it really short. You're serving them by doing that. Are there any other elements of your video sales formula that you wanted to share or highlight for people? One thing comes to mind, and I wrote this in my book. A lot of people will just do video, just do video, just do video, but they don't have any back end or system to drive the video, you know, the call to action to. And I, I equate that to having a party at your house where the house isn't built yet, but you've sent out invitations to the party. <laughs> There's no place for people to go. <laughs> yeah, the real estate people would be able to relate to that. So it's good. <laughs> it's like, you know, yes, you have to say coming soon, you know. Right. But there's usually a house there when you're selling it coming soon. So there is something to do about pre-launch. Of course, you want to do pre-launch, all right? But so many people like the gal with the 600 videos over the five years, she didn't have any call to action. She was just wasting her time. She wasn't making any money. She wasn't doing it strategically. And she didn't have any place to send them. So I see that's kind of like the biggest problem 
mm. with what I see with video. People are are not using it correctly. They're not showing up correctly. They're not using it strategically to their advantage. So it's a time sink. So they don't want to do it. Right. And they don't know how to build the back end. So it's a whole thing that they avoid. But you know what? You can really be, huh? It's a big advantage to use it the right way because you have one video working on autopilot and it's going to save you a lot of time and it can sell on autopilot for you when you're doing it right. And with the influencers, I have found, and this is one more tip, I have found when I do the personalized videos, there's a way that I do these personalized videos where I'll connect with somebody on LinkedIn, for example, not with video, but I'll send a connection. And then when I thank them with a personalized video and the way I do it, they know it's personalized because I've got their name up there. I cannot tell you how people, how strong the connection, the re responses to that so if you are selling because nobody's doing it and this is something i teach okay but nobody's doing it and so if you're selling intangibles what's the most important thing to do build that relationship Mm. show up on camera the right way well assume everybody's going to build the house before they send the party invitations out what's the best way to get started what's your recommendation First couple of things that people could walk away from today and say, okay, this is, I'm going to do this first. First off, no, you can do this. You can do this. It's not your fault that all of a sudden you're pushed into this video thing and you never thought you'd have to be doing this. Now, practice makes permanent. So you do have to be careful what you do. But first advice is just embrace it. Understand this is not going away. Understand that it is an advantage to your doing this. For sure. It can save you time. You should do it right. How do you get started? Just start saying, okay, I can do this. That is really the foundational thing is, yeah, I can do this. I can do this. I can do this. I can do this. The next thing is start getting some kind of professional look around you rather than sitting on a couch that just most people are in the dark on the couch looking up to the ceiling. Do you want your head up in the top? third of the frame. A lot of people are down here. So you want to keep playing with it until you like and you feel good. I would say stay away from the virtual backgrounds. It's better to not do that. Wonderful. And I love your comment. Practice makes permanent. I wrote that down. I love that. So I have a couple of questions I like to ask guests. Do you have a favorite personal brand and and why? I knew you were going to ask that. (laughs) I asked my husband, I said, you know, I use all sorts of brands. And he says, well, your favorite brand is you. I go, yes, it is. (laughs) (laughs) Right. There you go. Perfect. (laughs) I said, it's kind of cheeky. I can't say that. He says, but that's the truth. I go, well, I don't, I guess you're right. Because I use a lot of brands, but the brand that I live with is me. What about favorite uh, business book or podcast? Business book, Breakthrough Advertising by Eugene Schwartz. Old book was mm-hmm. brought back by Brian Kurtz. And I was at a mastermind in Florida with somebody who knew Brian and Brian was in the next room. So it was my mastermind and his mastermind. And I found out that my mentor was the person who had both masterminds. So I sent Brian a video. This was about three years ago, a video email before nobody, this was when nobody did video emails. And I said, thank you, Brian, for bringing Breakthrough Advertising back. And he responded to that. He said, you made my day Hmm. by thanking me 
and doing a video. I mean, he didn't say that, but he said, you made my day. Brian Kurtz is like a huge guy in direct mail, direct response. So yeah, Breakthrough Advertising is a great book. Okay. And do you have a favorite or a tool or resource that you're using currently, a new one that you're enjoying using? Kartra, K-A-R-T-R-A. Okay. Kartra. It builds it. Yeah. What is it? What's the? It's a way to build funnels and systems. Oh, okay. Right. Perfect. And then did you have a favorite quote? Yes, I have it right here, actually. The secret of getting ahead is by Mark Train. The secret of getting ahead is getting started. The secret of getting started is breaking your complex, overwhelming tasks into small, manageable tasks and starting on the first one. And that's by Mark Twain. Hmm. And that really does apply to video. Applies to a lot of things, but video for sure. I think you've really highlighted for us today, Suzanne, the importance of doing that and breaking it down and, and working through it. It's been a pleasure talking with you today and finding out a little bit more about video influencing. Thank you very much. How can people get hold of you? How can they find you? Where can you point them to? Thank you. I would love to give them my book for free if okay. they want it. Great. Now, okay, guys, it does talk to women who are in midlife. But if you are a guy, you'll find out my little seven-step formula for video influencing. So when you get past the woman's stuff in the front, you know, <laughs> people don't think they're pretty anymore. They feel invisible. You'll get to the formula. Women you're going to feel like you're heard and seen because we want to become more visible with video than in less visible with age. And if you're a guy in midlife and you have a woman who is going through this, you'll be able to be compassionate and understanding to her. So it's called Be a Video Influencer, Reinvent Your Life and Your Business as a Midlife Movie Star. You can get it at Suzanne for free, suzanneglover.com forward slash free book. S-U-Z-A-N-N-E-G-L-O-V-E-R.com forward slash F-R-E-E-B-O-O-K. And if you want to know more about me, go to LinkedIn. That's the best way. Suzanne Glover on LinkedIn. That's the best way to find me nowadays. Wonderful. Thank you for that. We'll make sure that's in the show notes. And thank you again, Suzanne. Have yourself a brantastic day. Well, was that brantastic? Did it give you some ideas and actions that you can take right now to build your business? So get to it. And if you're wondering where your real estate investing brand currently stands and some steps to make it more brandtastic, you can download our free REI brand checklist at reibranded.com forward slash checklist. That's reibranded.com forward slash checklist. Thank you for listening and have a brandtastic day.